0: I just was praying in devotion and seeking the Lord last Tuesday, and I felt like the Lord gave me a word for today, and he said, I'm going to do a new thing, and I sent it out to the team of leadership. I really feel that strong. Now, you might have heard sermons preached about a new thing. Maybe you want to put that in the chat online, a new thing. God's going to do a new thing, and um, maybe you've heard sermons about this over and over again. I don't know how many times you've heard this sermon, but... I'm going to take you to Isaiah chapter 43 today. You probably knew where I was going if you've been in the word very long. Um, Isaiah chapter 43, verses 18 and 19. And the word of God is very clear, but I, I felt two major points. Number one is that God's doing a new thing, even if he does it in the same place where you've been. And number two, God is releasing it. We just have to receive it. Amen. He's releasing it. We just have to receive it. I'm sorry I left you standing so long, but let's read the word. Remember ye not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Verse 19, behold, I will do a new thing. Someone say a new thing. Come on, say it with Holy Ghost hype. A new thing. Yeah, get some energy in the room. Now it shall spring forth, shall ye not know it, or shall ye not perceive it? One translation says, I will even make a way in the wilderness And rivers in the desert, or one translation says, water in the wasteland. Amen. I'm so grateful for the nourishment of the word of God. Jesus, bless your word in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. Amen. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. I'm thankful for the help of my son and my daughter and the media team. I appreciate you. I want you to know that. I don't take you for granted. Everybody that's here today, excited to see your face or portions of your face, your eyes, whatever we can see through the mask, amen. But God is good, and we're going to keep on trusting the Lord. If he hasn't taken the church out, he's not done yet. Hello, somebody. Amen. If we're still here, he's not done. Because we're the church, we've got the Holy Ghost inside of us. So God's still up to something, amen? People are still hungry for the Word of God. People are still hungry for the Lord. We just need to keep our eyes and ears open, amen? And so I'm grateful for what God can do, and He doesn't just do an old thing. He'll do a new thing if we let Him, amen? So many times we think of things that we want that are new, We look at things that we see and we're like, man, if I could just get a new car or a new this or a new that. And sometimes we can have an unthankful spirit show up because we don't like what we have. And really, if you just clean what you had, if you just go ahead and clean the stains off the carpets of the house and clean the house and maybe paint a few walls and you'd be pretty happy with what you had. You'd be like, well, you know, this isn't so bad. Instead of, you know, rent a $100 carpet cleaner instead of pay $400,000 for a new house. But some people want a new house. I want a new house. Lord, bless me with a new house. But what if God wants to do a new thing, not give you new things, what if God wants to do something in you that changes the way you look at what you've been through and you stop complaining or, or, or you stop fussing about the things that you have and where you are and start seeing the new thing that God wants to do in you? And some people are like, well, I just need a new job. I need I need a new job. I, I, my, I need favor on my job. My boss, he doesn't like me. I need a new job. Well, you can give yourself favor. Did you know that? You're able to give yourself some favor. If you would show up looking clean and neat early. If I don't know any boss that really dislikes an employee that shows up early and stays late. Amen. I don't know any boss that doesn't appreciate somebody with a strong work ethic. You may not need a new job. You may need a new work ethic. Oh, it's going to get tight in here today. It might not be so neat. You might not love me so much when I'm done. But you may not need a new job. You may need a new work ethic. If you're showing up rolling in five minutes late in yesterday's clothes looking all crumpled and wrinkled, I I imagine the boss is probably not going to like that too much. If you're showing up with with pillow creases in your face, (laughs) probably the boss is not going to like that too much. But If you come in looking sharp, you roll in early and you're ready and you're clear-headed and you're not in the morning fog, you've already got up and had that coffee, amen, somebody, and you feel, you're feel you feeling ready to do something, you show up ready to do something new every single day, your boss is going to appreciate you. He's going to thank you and he's going to like you. And even if he doesn't, you do your work as unto the Lord. Maybe you need a new work ethic and a new attitude and new gratitude. And maybe you need to say, Lord, even if they don't recognize Recognize it. You keep the books and you know that I work as unto the Lord and I give my best because God sees it and he'll take care of the rest. Amen, somebody. I give my best. God takes care of the rest. Put that in the chat, somebody online that's joining us out there. You need a new location. I need to move. We had somebody move from a church I was pastoring in between the North and South Pole. and No, it was this church. Somebody moved because they hated winter. They just hated winter, and I love those folks to death, but it's no surprise. Every November, December, it gets cold in Wisconsin. It's not going to be any different. It's not a miracle that we have warm weather in November. It's just the fact that we just happen to have a late summer, amen? We just happen to have some warm, but when the cold shows up, everybody starts complaining like it's some sort of surprise, This is Wisconsin. We're in the north. It's going to snow. Maybe next week. I don't know. Everybody gets depressed over this sermon. Everybody's like, oh, don't say that, Pastor. You don't need a new location. You need to appreciate what you have. Just in the middle of winter, go, man, that sunlight looks so nice coming through that window when I'm driving down the road. Just get a different appreciation. Not just, Don't look at the problems. Look at the new thing that you can celebrate. And that's what I want to say in the scripture. God says, God says, remember ye not the former things. How is that even possible? Because we have a mind that stores files, amen? And we not only store the event in picture form, but we store the emotion. We store the smells that go with it. If you were at the ballpark, you remember hearing the ball crack off the bat. You remember the smell of hot dogs. Maybe you even remember who you were there with. There are things that you cannot forget, amen? We can't have you come down here, lay hands on you, anoint you with oil, and you get amnesia. And forget all the former things. It doesn't happen that way. So why does the scripture say, it doesn't say, it doesn't mean it's going to be easy. But if God said it, it is possible. And what this word says is remember not the former things. If you look at the original language, it actually says stop talking about it. Because your words give authority to things. You have life and death and the power of your tongue. And if you speak about it, you give new life to old bones, amen? That's why it's you got to be careful when you're sharing your testimony, how much you talk about how much you love that drug or you love that drinking or you love that carousing or you love that fornication or you love that lasciviousness. Back when I was in the world, man, I just love to go to the bars. Be careful because you might be putting life on old dead bones and they need to stay under the blood and in the grave with Jesus Christ. You need to have walked out as one who Jesus came and took captivity captive. He was one who who went into the past and brought every one of those blood sacrifices, lambs and goats and bloods of goats. They could not do any good but roll sin ahead to the cross. He went back and took captivity captive. He said, you're mine. And he'll do the same thing for you. But if you keep on speaking life into your own life, you will not walk out into a new thing in Christ Jesus. Amen, somebody. I hope I'm helping someone today. I'm excited, I, I, I err on the side of hype, you know. I, I get excited about the Word of God. And hopefully, I err on the side of heavenly hype. <laughs> but he asks, he asks the question, can, can you forget it? And And I think sometimes God shows us some impossible things in his Word that he asks us to do because he wants us to turn back to him and ask him to help us do it. If God ever asks you to do something that's completely impossible, it's because it's impossible to you, but it's not impossible through Him, in you. So if you will turn back to God and say, "God, you're asking me to to forget the former thing," I, and maybe you're maybe you're in this position. Maybe you talk about something in your past way too much. Maybe you'll be talking about you know houses and and something you drove by though they've really decorated up beautifully for Christmas, and then suddenly your past comes up. Maybe you're talking about a new restaurant you want to go to, or or, some, or maybe you're talking about making a, 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 you know, some sort of um, a meeting with somebody, and somehow the past just keeps coming up. Maybe you need to ask the Holy Ghost to help you, because you might be in bondage to something in your past that you need to be released from, and God cannot do a new thing until he removes the old things out of the way. That is the picture of Calvary. He had to go to the cross and say it is finished before he could bring the Spirit of God into the upper room. Amen. And so we have we know that that people can receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost after they've repented, because God just takes it and and says, okay, I forgive you and I'll fill you with my spirit. But you still need to take care of that record. He still requires baptism in order for you to handle the old things and put them aside. And so there's a pattern throughout scripture of remove old things to bring in the new. And that's how God works. And so he's saying that here. And he's wanting us to understand that if we begin to regurgitate things over and over again, we might need to ask the Holy Ghost to help us out of something that we're bound to. If you feel yourself saying things over and over again, I want you to know number 1, he's in this word forget. He's saying stop talking about it. And number 2, the original word means to stop protecting it. Stop sugarcoating the past. Because you have to understand that the enemy uses your past as one of your one of his greatest weapons. How many know this to be true? Many preachers might say it this way, God is a God of faith and the devil is a devil of flesh. He'll use your past. And the reason why the enemy uses your past is because he wants to trap you in a place that you can't change. How many know you can't change your past? So we know we can't change what was. It is there, but we can cover it, amen, with the blood of Jesus Christ. God has made a way for us. He said it's finished. And so when he walks into your life, he's not going to talk to you about, you know, you really screwed that one up. You should have done so much better. He's going to walk in and go, it's finished. Now let's move forward. If you put that aside and bury that under the blood of Jesus Christ, I will take you into a new day, a new thing. And it may be through something that's the same, but it is still going to be a new thing. Amen, somebody? So we have to deal with the new things by removing the old things. And I don't, I'm not saying that you, you need a new girlfriend or new boyfriend or new spouse. Well, my, maybe some of you feel that way. I don't know. <laughs> I will keep moving. <laughs> but you may need a new approach. You may need a new st- strategy. You may need a new way. You know, when Joshua was going back into the promised land, he went in as a spy first. But then 40 years later, God said, I'm going to take you back in as a conqueror. He said, and you're not, you're not going a different way. You're just going to go with a new strategy. And that's what I'm asking for someone to get a hold of today, that you're not looking for a new thing in, in an old way. You're looking to, do, to have God do a new thing, not an old thing again. In other words, what I'm saying is, you're not looking for a second chance at something you messed up. So, I, I've heard several arguments, and I've listened to some sermons, and I, I've, you know, I've kind of worked on this particular passage of scripture because I knew I was going to talk to you today, and I like to be as prepared as possible, even if I have to work regularly. Um, and what happens with some of the speak that we use in church? Is it can be very discouraging to your hope because you're looking for a second chance to do an old thing that you did wrong. I messed up my marriage. I shouldn't have said that to my spouse. Uh, if you know, if things would have only would have should have could have shows up in the church a lot because we're talking about mending bridges and mending hearts and mending lives and and turning things around. And we're talking about that on a regular basis. And sometimes in order to do that, you have to ask God to forgive you. And God may say, go and and ask of your brother to forgive you. Go leave the altar and go and, and make it right with somebody and then come back and I'll hear your prayers. Those kind of things happen in the church, but we're not looking for a second chance and sometimes people ask you me and in fact i've heard it said so many times you know i don't know if it was a podcast or where i picked it up but but if if you could go back and tell your 20 year old self things that you know now what would you tell yourself and i'm like you know time out i'm not gonna judge what i was then by wisdom i have now is what i said last week I'm not going to take what I know now that I learned through all of my mistakes and all of my struggles and all of my grace moments and all of my moments where I got it right and Holy Ghost was in my life and God directed me and I missed potholes other people fell into. I'm not going to take all that wisdom and apply it to my old life. Would I do things differently? Well, there's some things I'd do over again? You betcha we would. Wouldn't we go back and do some things differently? But I may not be here right now with the grace. grace and the mercy and the weight of glory and the anointing and the preciousness of what I feel and the things that I found in the word of God going through those mistakes and trials and the love I have and the preciousness of this word. I may not be here right now if I didn't go through those things. So I'm not saying that I should go back and change everything. But if you ask me, what would I change? I change a lot of things. I would lose 40 pounds while I still had a metabolism at 20 instead of eating trying to have kale uh, never mind trying to eat kale salads and ha- take turmeric and vitamins and different things to try to help me with my weight and get th- get thin at 46 yes i turned 46 yesterday and i'm so thankful i have 46 years on the planet <laughs> A personal moment online it was my birthday but i still I would have bought 10 houses at the bottom of the recession in 2017 because I would have sold them for three times as much by now. There's plenty of things you can think to do differently, but you may not have the glory and the provision of God and the miracles and the walk with God you have if you're just looking for a second chance and not letting God do a new thing. God wants to do a new thing. Because if you're looking always for a second chance, it destroys hope. It gives you discouragement. If I go back and I look at all the things that I would have done differently, I'll be depressed by this evening. I'll be at home in a dark place having a whole bag full of Doritos and and hoping that there's no calories left on in that bag. You eat your way right into a whole box of Krispy Kreme if you do that. See, the thing is, is we can receive only what we perceive, and that is what the Scripture says. Behold, I will do a new thing. It shall spring forth. Everybody say, "Life spring. spring. It shall spring forth. Shall ye not know it? Or can you perceive it? And In order to receive something, you have to actually perceive it's there. And God's saying, move the old things. Don't go looking for the old things, because sometimes when we think of things as a second chance or a third chance in God, we're going to look for an old thing and we'll step over the new thing that God has brought to our life, looking for the old thing to happen again, only we can do it right this time. God steps in with his righteousness and says, it's covered under the blood. I will make you righteous. I will impute my righteousness onto your life. You don't have to go back and have a second chance, a third chance, a fourth chance. I will cover that. I step in and say it is finished. And when I do that, you have to be willing to look for a new thing, not an old thing again. Amen? And then Hebrews 9 steps in and says this hope is the anchor for our soul. This this hope that we have. I'm not looking for a second chance, but a new thing. I don't want to destroy my hope that I have in Jesus Christ with my would've, should've, could have. I just... I don't need just another chance to do an old thing. I need God to give me the opportunity to see and perceive the new thing because I'll never talk it, I'll never walk it if I can't see it first. Amen? I just don't even go there. Maybe you do. I don't know if, if you can handle that, but I don't go there. It would have a pretty difficult day if I constantly went backwards and lived in my past. And that is what the enemy does. He wants you to live in your past. Hear me carefully. He will take you to your high moments in your past and say that's the best it will ever be. And he'll use that against you. Or if you have a difficult past and made a lot of mistakes and did a lot of things in your body, and you have a lot of senses, and you have a lot of memories, and you have a lot of things that, that pop up, and you see pictures, and you remember old partying, or you see things, and you go backwards, and you're stuck in the past. That's exactly where the enemy wants you. He wants you stuck in a place that you cannot change, and that's your past. God didn't come to just change your past. He came to cover it. He said, I'm not even going to go and address it. I'm just going to cover it with my blood. And his blood is so powerful that the enemy should not be allowed to go back in and go under the blood of Jesus Christ. There's a no fishing sign. You cannot pull up what I once was. And if he can't pull it up, and if he can put you there, he will. But he cannot pull it up. Your past, your feelings you had, the things you did, he'll use your senses and remind you. Remember how good that was. Remember how good that felt. Remember what that was like and you can go back there and you can live there. We're in 2020, folks. Some people are here in body, but they're in 83 in their mind, or they're in 97 in their mind, or they're in 2012 in their mind. This is 2020. I know it hasn't been a great year. I know everybody started with 2020 vision. It's going to be awesome. I'm going to have the vision, and I'm going to perceive, and God's going to do great things. And then the virus hit, and everybody went home. And we open church and we close church. And we open church and we close church. Can't figure out if the numbers are right, numbers are wrong. this is right, that's wrong. Who knows how we're getting it. I mean, the fact is we could either second guess ourselves by living in our past or we can let God talk to us about right now. I'm asking you today that let God do a new thing for right now. Amen, somebody. Let him do a new thing for right now. Let him walk in and say it is finished to your past. It's covered by the blood. Let's move forward. God has moved on. Why haven't you? God has moved on. Why haven't you? You cannot look for a second chance. You have to look for a new thing in Jesus friend of mine I was listening to told a story about a football player and he was supposed to go pro. He had everything, all the projections, everyone that was coming in, all the scouts were saying, yep, we want him. If we can get him, we want him. He's amazing. He was a tight end and he was amazing at what he did, but he had a knee injury. And the next year he tried to recover it, got knee surgery, tried to recover it, didn't come back the way it was supposed to. The next year he did not do as good the next year. He did not do as good. Other receivers came. I'm sorry, he was a whatever they call. I'm not amazing at football. You can tell. Basketball is my sport. But he was a he was a receiver. And more receivers came. And, and pretty soon he ended up being benched. But he started to get bitter. And he decided he wasn't going to sit on Sunday on afternoon and watch football on TV and yell and be hurt and be because that should have been him. He was going to take the the actual feelings and he was going to direct them and use them and say, God, I don't know why this this has happened. I don't know why there has been this thing that took place, God they prayed about it they they sought god about it god did not heal his knee and i don't i don't know if it was you know it doesn't matter it wasn't the devil or maybe it was god or or maybe it was just the, the circumstances it doesn't matter why it happened i don't live in the why because if you live in the why you will become depressed because God doesn't even answer some of the why's amen because he knows we may not be mature enough to handle the answer we can handle the question more than we can handle the answer sometimes and so his ways are higher than our ways and I don't live in the why I don't ask myself why did this happen but he, they prayed God didn't heal his knee but he ended up being a coach to other young men God he began to pray God give me my new beginning God give me my new day and the Holy Ghost helped Him And right in the middle of that situation, God gave him a new beginning. Can I tell you today that if you ask God for a new thing, right in the middle of your situation, right where you are right now, God can give you a new beginning. God can start something new in your life. If you can perceive it, if you can ask for it, God can give it to you. Do you not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Maybe your mind goes to Moses when you read that, how he struck the rock. People were murmuring. They were complaining. They needed water. They were in the wilderness. And Moses struck the rock the first time, but God said, I'd speak to Moses as a man does his friend. And so they had a conversation. He said, I don't want you to speak to the, I don't want you to smite the rock this time. I want you to speak to the rock and water will flow. And the reason why is because God was setting up the shadow and the pattern of Jesus Christ. How many know Jesus is the rock? And what he was saying is man is going to smite Jesus at Calvary the first time, but the second time you need something from the rock, you're supposed to speak to Jesus. He only needs to be smitten once for all of mankind. But then from that point forward, the river you need in the wilderness, the thing you need to keep you alive is going to come from you receiving and speaking a word, amen? And so it says, can you receive it? Can you know it? The third thing I want to say today in the sermon is that you have to begin to declare it. That word perceive is not only just meaning that can you see it, but it also means to speak what you see or speak what you are going to receive. And, And we see this with Job. Job was going through all kinds of stuff. He had lost so much and in Job 22 and 28, we find some very powerful words. It's amazing, this word. It says, thou shalt also decree a thing. Everybody say decree. Speak in something out of your life. And it shall be established. Everybody say established unto thee. And the light shall shine upon thy ways. He's saying there's a pattern to receiving a new thing from God. He said you have to first decree it. And then when you decree it, it is established. And then when it is established, there shall be light or illumination come to it. It's beautiful, the word, because it gives you that pattern. It gives you the the, the breakdown of, of where God wants us to be when God's going to bring a new thing. He said, I'm going to have a decree come from your mouth. Not We're, you know, we're we're a little bit different here because we do believe in the power of the spoken word. Anybody believe that? We're a little bit different because we don't just believe that if you say it, it will show up. We don't believe in the physical manifestation. God in Hebrews says he spoke that which wasn't into being. God can do that. God can create with his words. He can speak a word and worlds are formed. But we do believe in the power of the spoken word that we can decree a word and it begins to form our world. Amen? That we can actually say things over time, not... Not instantaneously, but over time we will begin to say things from the Word of God and our life will begin to line up with those things and those blessings and we'll begin to see what we decree, amen, and we begin to see the establishment of it and we begin to see a light come to it that God wants to give us. Job 22 and 28 sets that particular pattern. He said, if you'll decree it, it'll be established, And there'll be light given to it. So what you're saying is what gets established in your life and gets light shined on it. And so if you're decreeing complaints all the time, you're going to get more complaints. Because what you're complaining about, you're just going to see more of. Get stopped by one light on Blue Mount. Oh, Traffic is so horrible in this city. They put in this new Brookfield Corners and all the traffic's just coming to Brookfield. When really we have an amazing freeway 50 feet, no, 500 feet south of that where you just get on the freeway, drive one block down, and you get off on Moreland. You could either complain about some things or you can find a new way to decree a new thing. Amen? I want to believe that God can change things in my life and give me a new beginning. So I want to declare God's word. No, I'm not saying that we speak the word of God and we expect it to happen. I'm not going to go to bed tonight, and I don't really uh, need one of these, but I'm not going to go to bed tonight and pray, Lord, if you'll just give me a brand new 2020 Corvette in the front drive by morning. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. I mean, that'd that be fun to drive, I'm sure, for about three, four hours, and then it wouldn't go anywhere in the snow, but I'm not going to come out that next morning and there'd be a brand new red 2020 Corvette sitting in my driveway, because we don't speak physical things into being, but the Word is supposed to be made flesh, Amen. So, we understand that Jesus is the, the model. And if we begin to speak the word, eventually we start to have God do a new thing in us. And through the power of the words, we begin to ingest what we say, and it changes us, and it establishes something in us, and we become it. I can't stand here and go six pack in Jesus' name. <laughs> it's not there, it won't be there tomorrow morning. If I don't go to the gym and I don't eat right, no six-pack is going to happen here. So I have to be careful that I don't overinvest in super spirituality and say, if I decree it, it will happen physically. If I don't get involved in establishing and looking for ways to see what God wants to do, I can always see the, the darkness in the world. But I'm looking for the light in this world. I'm looking for where God shows up. I'm looking for where God changes my children's life. I'm looking for how God is going to move in our church. I'm looking for how God is going to do a new thing in our hearts and our minds and put energy and hope and excitement and holy hype and acceptance for what God can do even in difficult moments. I'm not looking for what's unavailable. I'm thankful for what God has that's available. I'm not looking for what not there. I'm looking for what God has put in my life and I'm so thankful that I can receive it. Can you receive it? The word receive there is yada, to declare or to, to decree. It's same thing as I read to you in Job. God is saying it from heaven. He just needs someone in the earth to, deg- to agree with what he's saying. He said, can I find a man in the earth Can I find a woman in the earth that's going to say it the way I'm saying it in heaven? You know, I preach about that a lot because I talk about the power of words. But he's saying, I believe and I decree a new thing. Can you receive it in the earth? And by receiving it, I mean, can you say the same things that God says on the earth that he says in heaven? Can you believe God for new mercies every morning? He's a God of the new thing, amen? He's a God of a new heaven and a new earth. He's a God of a new moment. He's a God of a new mercy. He's a God of a new day. He's the God of all things. And Proverbs eighteen twenty one, tells us life and death is in the power of the tongue. But it also says one other thing that we leave out. Turn to your neighbor and tell him you're going to eat your words. Yeah. Usually that's not a very fond statement. Usually that's like you're going to eat your words. Give me a second. I just get, I'll get ready and we'll just go at it. You're going to eat those words. That's usually what that's attached to. But really what the word of God said is death and life are, are in the power of the tongue. You can say it like you're dying or you can say it like you're going to live. And I prefer to say I shall live and not die and declare the word of the Lord. Amen. And it says this, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. He said you can either produce dead fruit. Or you can produce living fruit from what you say. What you say creates the theme for your life is what I'm saying. When I go to the gym, I sometimes don't want to be there. I know those people that don't want to be there. They walk in like this. Like, oh, I just got to do it. Got to burn these calories. Nobody else is going to burn these calories. (laughs) I ate the Krispy Kreme. I had the double cheeseburger with extra. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. All those things the heart wants that the body can't handle, and I see them walking, and then I see them put in their earbuds, and they start playing music that's upbeat, and you can hear it because I, Apple iPhone or the iPods are not very good about keeping the music in. And It's like, doots, 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 doots. that's their workout mix, right? They're just like, oh, yeah, all right. They get on the machine, and they're like, yeah, what changed? What's different? They walked in kind of like, oh, here we go again, another day in the gym, got to get this workout in. They put their music in and it changed the soundtrack of their life, literally changed the theme of their life. What they're listening to gave them strength because obviously music is spiritual, but also because there's something speaking life at the moment and it energizes them. It energizes them, and that's what we need to be as the church. We need to be a church that energizes everything that walks through those doors. We need to get excited enough and on fire enough that you don't. It doesn't matter what's going on in the world out there. We got a Holy Ghost-filled church in here, Amen. Somebody, and we've got a different playlist that we dance to, Amen. We've got worship, and we got the Word of God, and it may look bad walking in. It may. I don't know. I need a word from God this Sunday. But when you leave, you better leave filled with the Holy Ghost. You better leave filled with power and with might and glory. Amen, somebody. You better put your praise playlist on and get the word of God going in your life and speak words of life in yourself because you're going to eat those words. Solomon says, your words are to your soul, like your food is to your body. And what you're saying is either going to kill you or it's going to nourish you. It's either going to give you life. And I want my I, I want my, my faith and my walk with God to move at the speed of my confession. I want I want it to move like a Tesla X model. Just zero to 60 in 0.2 seconds. Whenever I see a need, when I walk upon somebody who needs a miracle, I want my faith to come out of me with boldness and with power and with anointing. And I want to be able to say, even if it's a surprise to me, I want to be prayed up enough to where I can say, In Jesus' name, I release a virtue. I release an anointing. I release a power of God. I release life in this dead situation. Amen. I put my foot down and I take the. This thing shall live and not die. getting my kids out. I'm getting my children out. I'm getting my family out. Whatever it takes. I'm not going to complain. I'm not going to tease. I'm not going to be sarcastic. But I'm going to be careful with my words to speak life. Just as you have a disciplined diet to have a strong and healthy body. I know I'm not speaking. I'm preaching to myself. Because my heart loves a double-double <laughs> with fries <laughs> and a Dr. Pepper. Oh, glory to God. He supersized that thing. Sister, Praise gone. Go ahead. Put a Krispy Kreme on the side. That's am trying to get a Krispy Kreme endorsement in this message or something. I've said it three times. But just because diet affects... Your body doesn't mean that we're good at it sometimes. And so we have to be willing to give ourselves some grace, but don't stop efforting. Don't stop being disciplined. Just as you get older and you realize your body now forces you to not eat certain things. Because your body's breaking down, you can't have those tomatoes anymore, or you get acid reflux, you can't have... Those things you used to love to eat. You can't eat all that sugar. You get inflammation in your joints. And then waking up the next day, you feel like you're 60 instead of 40. You can't do all those things that you used to do. Just like that happens, you have to understand that when you become forced to be disciplined, it's not nearly as great as if you had been disciplined early on and built a health in your life. Amen. And so I want to pray prayers of faith early. I want to be eating the word of God early before I have to do it, before I need it so desperately, before I feel like I'm in just a wilderness. I want to believe God for a new thing early, amen, and speak faith and spread that confession all over my life and put in my own praise playlist and get up in the morning and say, this is the day that the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I will rejoice and be glad in it amen would you stand with me so the words set the tone of your life what you're saying builds the theme and I want to say to you today God is doing a new thing in you can you receive it can you move out the old things can you stop talking about the old things Can you declare the new things? And can you receive the river in a dry place? As I was praying, I didn't think I was going to be preaching on this, but the Lord just kind of told me, he said, I'm releasing it over your life. That's for you today. He's releasing it over your life. He brought me to this pulpit just to share with you that <clears throat> I'm preaching bigger than I know because I, I do have moments where I complain about something. But I want to be so careful with my words and so disciplined with my words, just like a bodybuilder is disciplined with their diet. If somebody can do that for something earthly, why can't we do that for something heavenly? That's my final question to you today. Is it not a worthy? cause? Is there not a cause? Is there not a reason? Look at Isaiah. He's he's the man who brought us. Wait upon the Lord. You shall mount up with wings as eagles. You shall run and not be weary. He's the one that brought us. They say uh, the historians say that you could take the book of Isaiah and set it as a fifth gospel because his prophecies were so accurate. He literally he literally could be Matthew, Mark, Luke, and and <laughs> Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and then Isaiah. Literally like that. And, and and regardless of how he came up, he saw the things of God. He believed the things of God no matter where he was at, no matter his circumstances. I'm asking you to believe that God can start a new thing, maybe in the same place. Maybe you're going back to where you were with a new attitude and a new open door. And maybe you're going to see new virtue, new favor, just because you receive it today. Can you receive that today? I hope so. Let's pray. Jesus, you've asked me to preach this, and and I know it was a word for me and a word for our leadership, but can you do this new thing in us? Can you help us to declare that I may have to go back to some old things? I'm going back to the old job. I'm going back to the same stuff, but I'm going back a new way in Jesus' name. I pray that right now over somebody. I may go back to the same vitamins in the cabinet. I may go back to the same difficulties of wanting a different kind of diet and and, and not being as disciplined as I need to. But but I'm going to ask the Lord to give me a new fervor and a new zeal for the things of God and recognize that the discipline of the Word of God, just like food affects my body, I pray that you let us understand that the words we speak create the song track of our life. And either we can speak death and down or we can speak vigor and life. And I pray somebody has that ability to speak life over their children, to speak life over their hearts, to speak life in a situation that looks like it can't come out, that looks just like a wilderness moment. Give us a river in a dry place. I want to see because what I say You promised, God, we will see. So let us see a victory in Jesus' precious name. Amen.